Welcome back for another episode of our podcast where we uh, spend some time talking about this uniqueness in relationship with God. What does that look like beyond uh, maybe just attending church or uh, beyond even some of the things that maybe uh, you uh, had in growing up or learning is like uh, maybe just, well, I had my devotion time and I had small group time or I had this. But really, what does it mean just to live 24-7 in that uh, ongoing relationship with God? And, and how does that manifest itself into tangible ways into the relationships uh, around you, uh, your community, and the world, and how you see others? And so uh, we've been going on and on and on about these ideas, and the whole goal is to help move it into that space. It's not just a compartmentalized, it's not just well, this is my spiritual time, Uh, but it's the idea that every part of what I'm doing is in relationship to my relationship with God. And that starts really at the core of just being with him. And so uh, we've been speaking and talking on that. And if you're new to us, uh, my name is Pastor Dan Hertzler. I'm the pastor at Refuge Church in Manor, PA, and I've got with me these two guys. I'm Ryan. And I'm Mike. And we just kind of have this ongoing conversation, uh, hopefully uh, stir up some thoughts and ideas, hopefully get you thinking and processing, give you maybe some ideas, some just suggestions practically. But uh, we also don't try to wrap everything up in a neat little bow because sometimes things aren't quite always neat uh, to wrap up. Uh, Maybe uh, in your world, in your situation, there are complexities and different things to dialogue and discuss it through. And also there's some things where uh, God and scripture kind of leaves it in a way where um, there is some uh, different ideas and thoughts and interpretations or even uh, kind of uh, not 100 uh, percent clear clear on that. And I think God intends that uh, for whatever his purposes are for us to explore him more, for us to um, not have all the answers so that we become arrogant or become prideful or because uh, as scripture tells us itself, there's things in part that we know. And we're only going to see those things in part at this stage of where life is. And so uh, that's okay. And it's okay to kind of live in that tension. I think sometimes, um, you know, we want to have all the right things and then we hold on to that. And then we become more about the things we hold on that we think we're right than we do about actually who is God and the nature of God and character. And so in all that, we just are here again to explain that um, we want to have these conversations without every time uh, kind of wrapping them up into uh, a conclusion for you. But we've been speaking in the last few episodes about the idea of prayer and uh, really focusing in on why we pray, the power of prayer, uh, different types of prayer. And so we've been having this discussion and back and forth. And I, I believe one of the episodes in the past, I'm not sure exactly when, we, we mentioned the idea of even the idea of, of the sinner's prayer. Maybe you've heard that concept uh, going to church. Maybe you prayed that prayer one time in your life. And um, we've never really thought much about what is the sinner's prayer? What, what does that look like? Is it something that we say in a magical, these are the words you have to say to, to, uh, to say the sinner's prayer and then instantly uh, enters you into heaven, like almost a get-out-of-jail-free card sometimes? Is it about asking Jesus into our heart, uh, like he becomes one of our uh, accessories to our life that we pull up whenever we need him, uh, kind of like a, you know, a phone or a credit card or um, 
you know, a therapeutic idea of God. I mean, all these kind of things kind of wrap into this concept of the sinner's prayer. And so uh, we want to share a little bit about our own stories with it, maybe, uh, maybe as we were growing up or kind of understanding it. Uh, I know for me, I was five years old uh, when I think I talked about or uh, started to process this idea of the sinner's prayer. Um, and it was at that point, I, I didn't want to go to hell. Uh, as much as I understood a five-year-old could process that, uh, as much as I learned from my family and, and the church I was attending, I, I just didn't want to go to hell. And so I asked Jesus into my heart, and um, that was kind of the the path that I took in that. And it really wasn't until I got a little bit older, uh, probably around 16, again, again, at 19, uh, kind of realizing, oh, what did that really mean? Uh, and what was the real emphasis of what I did um, I did believe I grasped it as a five-year-old, as a child would. I don't think there was anything ungenuine about that. Um, and yet, at the same time, uh, I don't think I fully grasped what was going on. So, uh, Ryan, just quickly, you know, if you understand or what your thoughts are, uh, just uh, as we talk about this idea of the sinner's prayer. Yeah, I think for me growing up, I mean, it was definitely a thing. And I mean, I probably prayed the sinner's prayer hundreds of times, you know, and sadly, I, I really saw no fruit, I think, in my life, if I can look back on it. And I think it was just like, okay, I think I'm going to heaven, but I really was sinning badly. You know, I better, yeah. I better pray that prayer again, just yeah. to be sure. Yeah. But, you know, for me, it, I, I just felt like I don't... I don't think I ever started following Jesus. Yeah. You know, I prayed that prayer and I said it so many times. And for me, it just, I, I don't think I truly was a believer. Like I said the prayer, I, but I never started following Jesus. And, mm. and so for me, it was more of, I think probably a, a, a stumbling block mm -hmm. in my life thinking like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And really, I, I don't think I was. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, we hopefully clarify this because maybe you're listening and saying, well, what is that sinner's prayer? It's just that idea of acknowledging I'm a sinner before God and asking Jesus into our lives or we accept Jesus as our Savior. And there's some biblical grounds when you look at Romans uh, and it says, you know, um, you know, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved there. Uh, you know, uh, the idea of even, you know, um, to be born again is a phrase and a term mm -hmm. that you use. So uh, there's something about it that uh, when we say the sinner's prayer, it is to say, I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I need a savior. But the idea that comes with it is we feel like that's, that's the end goal or that's all we have to do. And that I think is some of the danger we're talking about here. Yeah. And, and just to, you know, add to that, I really believe there was a, a, a single like born again day in my life yeah. that I could trace things to. Yeah. And I didn't pray the sinner's prayer, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and I think though, the reality is it's a, you can absolutely be saved mm -hmm. praying that prayer. Yeah. You know, you really can. Yeah. But for me, I wasn't. Yeah. And and I think it gave me a false security that I was saved. Yeah. And and the same breath, you know, the Holy Spirit does come into our life. We are, you know, the, the Holy Spirit indwells us. So yeah. there is a part of that thing, Jesus in my heart. Again, we're, we're, that's why, you know, we try really hard not to... Um, 
you know, just say as we are redefining or th- things that everything else was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's some good in it, and I'm glad mm-hmm. you say that. There are some people that just honestly just say, I'm a sinner and I need you. And, and at that moment, they recognize exactly what that means. But there's another part, I think, of us, uh, us meaning, you know, those that, that claim Christ or those that go to church and attend um, where we, we think it's something uh, more superstitious or we think it's something more, um, you know, hear the magic words to say and then poof, a, a little tiny Jesus, you know, enters yeah. into our life and sits on our shoulder and tells us the good things we should do uh, to better improve ourselves. And, and and there's some real danger, I think, in that, because uh, that can just lead us to, again, a, a, a different version of, um, you know, God than I, I feel like I see when I look at the whole council of, of Scripture. Uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, I mean, now I'm just thinking about little tiny Jesus. Uh, that was <laughs> awesome. Um <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I think I would agree with, um, a lot of what both of you were saying is, as I look back on my life, um, and as I hear you talking about the sinner's prayer, it makes me think of, uh, particularly as you talk about at times, some of the superstitious piece of it, there, there tends to be in evangelical circles, kind of this like class, I hesitate to call it classical cause it makes it sound like it's been around for mm-hmm. hundreds of years, but this approach of, um, you know, a- specifically asking Jesus into your heart and, yeah. and all of that. Um, and I never, I never prayed that I never prayed those words yeah. that I can recall. And if I did, it wasn't meaningful enough that I can recall it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, growing up, I grew up, uh, in a charismatic church for the first 10 years of my life. Um, and then we went to a reformed Presbyterian church. And if you know church circles, then you know that those are like opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and while I was in the charismatic church, I was at a reformed Presbyterian school and, uh, the school was, uh, much more rigid and legalistic and was, I would define it as hyper Calvinistic whenever mm-hmm. I was there. Um, and because of that, it was assumed that if you were in the school yeah. and you believed honestly in Calvinism, which is a whole nother road, um, that you were going to heaven. Yeah. And so there was no, you need to go like any idea of like even missiology or missionaries and all that stuff like that was just convert them to what we believe specifically Mm -hmm. in this set of beliefs. And, um, so for me there, there was none of that because it was just assumed either you're going to heaven or you're going to hell and it really doesn't matter. Um, which is, that's, that's false. But there was, whenever I got converted, um, as you guys kind of define that sinner's prayer, I mean, it was definitely a moment where it was just like, God, I need you. Mm. Um, and I mean, and I've talked and shared on here before, I couldn't deny the existence of God prior to that. Um, and so in the midst of that kind of discourse and all of those things, somewhere along the lines, yeah, I was just, Mm. yeah, I confess with my mouth and believe my heart that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And so here we are. But even as you guys are talking about, it's not magical. It's not superstitious. I'm reminded of, uh, a little bit, at least the parable of the, the two sons and the, mm-hmm. the one who says, yes, I will do the thing and yeah. then doesn't do it. And the other one who doesn't, and then goes and does the thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, it's reminiscent a little bit of that because which one was obedient, right? Mm-hmm. The one who actually 
yeah. did the thing. And, and I think that really gets at the believing in your heart piece of it. Um, cause if you believe it in your heart, you're going to confess it with your mouth. Like yeah. you can't not do it. But I, I, oftentimes I, I would agree and resonate with what Ryan said and pastor Dan, what you said. Um, if you say this, this prayer, like there are people that say this prayer and like you're solid, mm-hmm. like you're, yeah. you're set. But if all you are doing is banking your salvation on this one prayer and there is a lack of fruit in your life, I would caution you to go and just re-examine yourself. Yeah. 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 There, uh, you know, you know, and again, this is why this gets so tricky and there, this is why I started out even by this episode emphasizing, we don't always have all the final answers and put it together. This is an ongoing conversation, but it's one where, um, the conversation needs to take place because if you are, as we've been saying here, just said, I said that prayer when I was five, I'm, I'm good to go. Um, there's, there's some real caution here at the same time. Every single day, we shouldn't be kind of looking at, well, did I really mean the prayer? Did I really say the prayer? Well, Jesus, I'm sorry. And, and, and we lose the fact that, you know, he's working out our salvation, our past sins, our present sins, our future sins. Uh, and, and we don't lose our salvation in that moment. Absolutely. And I, and I, I fully agree with you. And I think, too, it's important to remember. And I, I loved in, in your introduction, as you spoke about your um, history, talking about the age of five. Um, you didn't want to go to hell. And that's an entry point, I think, for uh, a number of people. And that's not a bad entry point. But I think when we look at scripture and we look at what Jesus said, yes, he spoke about the kingdom coming. Yes, he spoke about the kingdom of heaven. But his invitation to come and follow him was an invitation to come and follow him. It, it was not an invitation to come and get your admission pass to heaven. Yeah, And I think sometimes we can it's so close to the truth Mm -hmm. that it's really easy to, I think, step into the trap of thinking eternity is about, are you going to heaven or hell Mm -hmm. rather than eternity is, are you going to serve Jesus or not? Are you in to, to follow him? And that's the invitation. And, and, And so I think when you grasp that, that's where you really start to see that fruit evidence in your life. And, and as you spoke about, as you got older, you were able to really address that question. And, and that is I think what we're getting at when we're talking about that self-examination and really understanding what it is that, that, that you say that you're committing to and do yeah. you believe it? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll take you a step further in that too. Uh, the, the very first words of Jesus was repent. Yeah. And what he was saying was repent of you trying to enter into other kingdoms, mm. repent of you trying to go your own way, repent of you believing that you can earn something and enter into my kingdom. And so for, for, for that concept, and we've, we've, I think we've twisted that word, even repent into making it so negative. Um, you know, well, you have to repent of all your bad you've done, or you have to repent of, and and again, again, don't, don't hear I'm saying that you shouldn't do that, but repent literally just means turning into a different direction. Okay. So I was heading down one direction and Jesus was saying, listen, you were heading down that one direction. You were believing in the religious, maybe at that time, the law, or you were believing that you weren't worthy enough, or you were believing that you couldn't be loved enough. Repent of that. Turn to me and enter into my salvation, enter into my kingdom. That's why I think uh, as we develop and grow into this understanding, it's not 
us asking Jesus into our lives or us asking Jesus into our heart as much as we are entering into his. That's even what baptism is, right? We are joining in with Christ and saying that I am in union with you. That's why it talks about you are now in the family of God. That's why it talks about abide in me. It's why it talks about grafting in. Like there's this part that we're entering into him. So when we mention the sinner's prayer, uh, I think that is to me right now the, the thing I've been thinking more about, about how even as we say the prayer, it's more about us mm. and how Jesus fits to us. Yeah. Instead of saying, no, I really am surrendering and I'm turning, I'm turning and I'm, I'm heading into your kingdom. And so, um, you know, as you guys process this, as you guys think this through and as, as we are thinking this through, um, Ryan, you know, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here, but you know, if someone comes to you and says, Hey, what does it mean to be a Christian? You know, what do I need to do? Uh, what are you going to tell them? I mean, are you going to, are you going to walk them through the sinner's prayer or what, like, what, what would you walk them through? Yeah, I think I, I, you know, I, I feel like at the beginning, you know, it, it would, you would have to start with, Hey, this is, this is why we need Jesus. Yeah. You know, this is why, the, you know, this isn't just an option. It's not one of many ways. This mm-hmm. is why he is, he is the only way, yeah. you know, and I think you'd have to come to a point of, well, the reason why we're here is because we rebelled, mm-hmm. you know, as a yeah. creation and we can't, we can't come to God. Yeah. It's impossible, yeah. you know, and, and, and then get to the place of, well, that's exactly why Jesus came Yeah, and yeah. he's calling us to one belief, but belief. Yeah. And I love, I think it was John MacArthur said this, but he was like, belief is three part. It's intellectual. Mm. You have to actually believe. Yeah. And then there is an emotional part of it. It has to sink down and, and like in, that's like the heart element. But then he said, I think the word was volitional. This belief causes you to do something. It causes I, you I to Google actually. Google that word. What, what, volitional, what? Okay. I think. I don't know. It's John <laughs> MacArthur's. Way smarter than probably the, all of us combined. So it's like a willingness of your spirit to <laughs> yeah. actually it manifests See, something. Mike took okay. you up on that challenge. He knew that word. <laughs> but but to me that that is true belief. True yeah. belief causes you to do something. Causes yeah. you to follow yeah. him. Yeah. You know. And so I think it really it, yeah. In a sense, it does walk you through the Romans road of yeah. yeah the sin is present. That's why we need Jesus. But the good news is yeah. he came and he died. And I, I like how you start too, and that uh, you know, and, and I love the word spiritual bankrupt. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a phrase I use quite a bit because yeah. we have to recognize that we're spiritual bankrupt. Because yeah. if we don't, we're not going to. Well, why do I need a savior? Why mm-hmm. do I need anything else? I'm good. But when we realize we have no means and we owe something, then it, it causes us to say, now which which path or which way do I think will bring that salvation to me? And uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Jesus makes a bold claim by saying. Yeah. I am the way there, that there are no other ways, mm-hmm. even though there are other, what perceived as good things or, yeah. uh, you know, moral things. I am the way. And, and mm-hmm. that's a bold claim that he makes. And I think just to me, what I've kind of come back to many times is just this, like, it's just unbelievable to think, you know, I think sometimes we think, oh yeah, you know, I'm accepting Jesus into my heart, but the yeah. wild, the crazy thing is no, by his blood, he actually accepted us. Yeah. Like yeah. that's crazy. If you think about that, like yeah. by his stripes, yep. we are healed, Yeah, you know, and, and it's so much less about he's coming into, in, into my life 
that yeah. I'm entering into his family, yeah. you know, and, and it's not because of my works by anything that we could have done. Yeah. It's, it's his grace. Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there are some questions about, well, just, you know, God even listened to sinners. And, you know, I, I think you can see scriptures all the way through, you know, if it's according to God's will, God will listen and, yeah. and use anybody. Uh, you can see that all throughout the old Testament. You can see that even in the new Testament. Um, but I think what, again, this, this draw towards God, um, and acknowledging that is a supernatural thing. So I don't mm-hmm. want us to act like, again, uh, just because we talk about superstition and mysticism, uh, again, we throw it all out because there is this mysterious thing of God drawing sinners to himself um, where we recognize that. And so, you know, as you're sharing or talking to somebody, even if it's a little kid, um, don't discredit the fact that God's drawing them to and that you have to get the right words <laughs> to finish the deal. Um, just listen to what God is doing, even to a little kid. And if a little kid's coming up to you and saying, I don't want to go to hell, then take that moment and just say, God's drawing them in this moment. And I'm going to use that to do that. Don't, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to get it all perfect. You don't have to get it all right. But, but if you know from the very heart of what you're doing, it's not about, okay, Jesus is another accessory or Jesus is another notch on the, uh, on your belt to use whenever you need it to. But this little child is drawn to Jesus and, and they see an aspect of Jesus that they want that, that you have to then share with them. Okay. You can join in, in Jesus and, you, and, and Jesus can be a part of your life can be a part of what Jesus is doing. Um, you know, uh, again, we, we, I think we just put too much stuff on ourselves and that's a part where uh, I think the more we pull back from that and just, just allow God's spirit, uh, allow God's word. Again, you know, I do think the confession of your mouth and the belief in your heart, I think that's an important step. I think we do need to acknowledge it. I think we do need to say it. Um, you know, uh, you know, Romans does talk about the idea that the, the, this comes through the word and, and the word is spread through the, through speaking. And so, you know, the kind of that old saying is, you know, I, you know, you know, I, I share the gospel and sometimes I use words, not quite accurate. Uh, we yeah. have to actually use words. Yeah. I think it does matter. I think praying matters. So don't, don't hear that as well, but, but understanding what is the intent behind it is what matters. And so, um, you know, again, you know, we're just kind of having this conversation, this dialogue. Uh, we want you to, to be aware of, okay, what is prayer? What does it mean? And then thinking this through and, and again, you know, um, not everything that was done in the past was all bad and wrong and we reject it all. But there are some things that we look back and say, you know what, maybe when I was a child, I thought like a child. And now that I've hopefully grown, I'm beginning to learn and, and grow. And, and I think we want to develop that. And on that front, you, you've mentioned this quote before with Pete Scazzaro, but I think it's striking just as you talk about this and this um, whole idea, which is, um, you can be a one-year-old Christian for 30 years. Yeah. And, and we want to be the, the, the kind of disciples that, that are growing and maturing as, as we are aging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great quote. I, I don't know if he made that up or if he quoted that from someone else. I think else. one of his members of his congregation came up and told yeah. him that. You know, he's saying, Hey, I've been a Christian for 23 years, but it feels like every year I'm celebrating my one-year-old, my one birthday. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's huge. I think that's important. That's a great re- reflection. And, and again, as, as we grow in this, uh, we come to this, this understanding and, um, you know, uh, what I love about God though, is, is the, the 
some of the basic things we can understand as a child, like knock and the door shall be open, seek and you shall find, uh, these types of things, that if there's the genuineness in that, <laughs> even if you get every word wrong, <laughs> the genuineness, uh, God, God has a way of just, just making it right. And, and we just need to trust him in that. And he has a way of working out our salvation, as Paul says, in fear and trembling. I, my salvation is being worked out um, in that process of becoming more and more like him. Um, but I just would challenge you to be thinking about, okay, you know, even as I first came to know Christ, what took place? What happened? As I share that with others, as I talk to others about that, what am I saying about that? And, and am I trying to just make it sound you know, um, here at our church, we, uh, ha- our middle school students have been going through first Samuel and, uh, one of our teachers was telling me one of the lessons and just the idea of how the, the Israelites used the, the ark almost as a superstitious omen type thing. Like if we just carry this with us, what well, God's going to bless us and they missed the entire intent behind it. And, and so that's the kind of warning that we're giving here as well too. Don't use God just sort of as a superstitious token, get out of jail free card, uh, but but understand truly what uh, and and who he is, and as you understand that, then you recognize really what a, a sinner's prayer would look like. And so, if there's anything we could do to to help you out or to answer any questions, you know, we would love to be able to do that. You can email us at info at churchrefuge.com, and uh, we would love to be able to do that. But uh, we hope you have a great day, and thanks again for listening.